Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's hour number two of Oilers Now 106 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Just going to go into the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters. Trent Brown, he was a heavy hitter for the old uh, Edmonton Eskimos football team back in the day, now the Edmonton Elks. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. And uh, injuries, we haven't actually discussed this with Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, live racing back at Century Mile, Friday and Sunday evening, no fan access, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com, post time at 6.15. Spec, we talked about the demise of the Maple Leafs, them uh, spitting the bit on a three games to one series lead against the Canadians team who themselves were banged up. Again, you need a little bit of luck. Lots of things have to go, it's hard to win. Um... Is it fair to look at the injuries to Tavares and Muzzin and sit there and suggest that that played a significant factor in Toronto ultimately losing the series? Oh, I mean, it it plays a factor. I think Muzzin more than anyone because the the place they're light on is, you know, difficult to play against hard defensemen who can defend, and he's their best one of those. So losing Muzzin, uh, was that that game five? Uh, Uh, Yes. Yes, game five. Six and seven. So sure, that hurts. But yeah. and losing Tavares, he only played part of one game. Of course, that hurts. But listen, they're so deep up front that losing Tavares shouldn't be a crippling blow, right? They've got so many guys that can produce offense up front. Uh, and you could say that the guys like Spets and Kerfoot came up and, and filled in the void for Tavares, you know, and the guys that didn't produce were was Marner and Matthews. So, yes, it made a difference, Bob, but... That's a very deep, deep Toronto team. They've been building for years. You can't tell me that choking that choking up that series can be blamed on two injuries. Sorry. 
All right. You can text us at 780-496-0063. The Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street and 111th Avenue. Open Monday through Saturday. And we're on our River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Speaking of the River Curry Resort Casino, the patio open to everybody, 11 to 11 each day at the River Cree. All right, Speck, um, this will tie back into another Toronto Maple Leafs player. The Edmonton Oilers, we've talked about Edmonton losing in four straight games. I think one of the things that surprised me the most, now that I've had a week to think about it, um, and it, it was a concern during the course of the series as well. I mean, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl basically played... About, I don't know, 50 of the 56 games this season where they centered their own line. Were you surprised at the fact that really from, you know, the final 10 minutes of game one on, we we pretty much saw McDavid and Dreisaitl together as much as we did? Um, am I surprised? I mean, what it tells me, what it told me and tells me is that Dave Tippett just didn't think his team could do it, couldn't compete uh, with those guys on separate lines. He didn't think that, you know, we all know the Oilers are a better team when they're on separate lines. That's their mission this summer, Bob, is to is to provide McDavid and, and Dreisaitl with enough proper wingers, top six wingers among them, that they can spend you know, the key games and into the playoffs on separate lines. Sure, you're down 3-2, 10 minutes left, you put them together, I get that. But they need to be deployed separately. And I think what it told us is you know, Tippett's the one that makes the decisions. And he didn't trust that when they got shut down in the first 50 minutes of game one, he looked at his team and he said, I don't have enough here. If these guys don't do it for us, it's not going to get done. i got to put them together. i got to put my... Eggs all in one basket, and that's the only way we can win. Now he lost four straight, so you can second-guess him. You know, you can second-guess Dave Tippett, but that's what he's looking at, and that's what he's thinking, and he went, you know, he went down guns a-blazing on that theory. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, Josh, uh, who knows his stuff, uh, has uh, passed along a note here. Muzzin got hurt in Game 6, uh, not in Game 5. Uh, and, uh, Sorry. He did, he did, yeah, so he got into six games in the series. I didn't catch it either. I couldn't remember if it was Game 5 or Game 6. I you know, he was out <laughs> so early in Game 6 that uh, that played a factor there. So, Mark, from a team-building perspective, and I told you it would tie back into Toronto in a second here, when you're sitting there assembling the Oilers roster for this year, and you do a little index card for the Oilers' projected roster, 21-22. Do you have McDavid and Dreisaitl slotted at center, or do you have Dreisaitl over in left wing with McDavid? No, I, if this team's going anywhere, they're playing a part ball. It's absolutely the biggest priority that Ken Holland has is to either A, sign Nugent Hopkins and another left winger, or B, don't sign Nugent Hopkins and go out and find two top six left wingers, which sounds difficult. But they have to have a situation where there's enough top six forwards that those guys can center separate lines. Absolutely for sure. Yeah. Uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063. For the record, I've, I've got McTavid and Dreisaitl uh, slaughtered uh, as centers. My expectation is they'll play occasionally 5v5 coming out of penalties. And uh, when the orders uh, uh, yeah. get out, of, get out of a penalty kill, and obviously on what's been the league's best power play. In situations, Left- Bob, you got to have a situation. Sorry to interrupt you, but you got to have a situation where Shea Weber isn't playing against both your best players every shift when you play in Montreal, right? Yeah. You got to, you got to. 
break them up and get one of those guys out against the second pair every single shift. That's how to. It's the only way to deploy those guys. Everybody knows it. You just need enough talent around them to make it work. All right. Uh, so left side. Zach Hyman, what did you see out of him in the series against Montreal? Well, not enough, right? But you know what? I'm not going to judge a guy on one playoff series. He's a good player. You know, and he's, he's I think that it's sort of the way the, remember when the Leafs got rid of Nazem Kadri, and as it turned out, they, they were ended up going out in the market and looking for the exact qualities that they traded away, right? Hard to play against, a uh, little bit truculent, you know, a guy that'll hit you, a guy with some edge. That's what Kadri was. They traded him away. Uh, I think Hyman's the same thing. Uh, the last guy they should be moving out of there is Zach Hyman. If they're making a trade, they've got to trade one of their softer, one-dimensional offensive players because they've got lots of them. So if I'm Toronto, I'm keeping Hyman all day long. You Would you, would you trade Nylander uh, plus to get Seth Jones? Uh, if I'm Toronto, damn darn right I would. Yeah. If I'm if I'm um, if I'm Columbus, I'm probably saying I want Mitch Barter for Seth Jones. See, and the way you can make it work there is if it if it was Nylander from a Toronto perspective, is Seth Jones is cheaper next season, and then when the deal runs out on Morgan Riley, then you move Brody back to the left side, and you're rolling with uh, Seth Jones. I'm led to believe that uh, Seth Jones wants to play in one of those bigger markets. Um, now, many people think that he wants to play in a U.S. bigger market. Time will tell in that regard. I, I just because in, in that scenario, if you move Nylander out for Seth Jones, you could probably have the short-term financial flexibility to give Hyman um, what he's probably. Mark, I got to tell you this right now. I believe Zach Hyman is going to be on Team Canada. For this is one where Mike Babcock was right. He was right on this player because he mm-hmm. used to get a ton of criticism. I believe Zach Hyman, if he goes to market, I believe Zach Hyman will get six million times six years. Okay, so he'll get. Is he a better player than Nugent Hopkins? Hyman. Well, yeah. he's gonna be. He's gonna be on team. At the start of last year, maybe Newton Hopkins was seen as a better bet to be on team. Hyman had a heck of a year. He had a heck of a year. I think the difference is Hyman brings you brings you more. Um, how would I say? He's a little heavier player, not a whole lot. I'm not. You know, I want to say that I don't want. I don't want to discount. Newton Hopkins plays a, a strong defensive game, frankly. Um, you know, that's what he's made himself into. He's good defensively. So really they're not that far off each other. They both know how to play with really high skill players. And, you know, I, I'm going to say that I'll bet you I like, I, I probably like Nugent Hopkins a little better offensively than Hyman, but I might like Hyman a little more uh, on the other side of the puck. I'm not sure. They're very close to each other, aren't they? Mark, would you spend more on a second line left wing or a third line center? Uh, well, what I and more, they should be about the same price, frankly, unless you're going for a Tarasenko or someone like that. Um, I, I'm not going to answer which I would spend more on because it's a weird economy. What do I consider to be more important for the Oilers? If I could only get one of those, what would I get? I think if I'm the Edmonton Oilers today, I would get a left winger. Put it that way. Yeah. What about you? One of those guys, Mark who might have been a third 
line center option. I think we just saw that dissipate here over the course of the last three games. I don't know how the Canadians don't re-sign Philip Deneau. He's an important player and a really good third-line centerman for sure. If he comes to your team as your 3C, oh, yeah. You got a good team. You got like, a good team. That's what you he's, he's that Guy Carboneau, Mike Pekka type guy, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah I take him on my team all day. I mean, it's it's really interesting because, I mean, the, the challenge that the Canadians have, obviously Suzuki's going to be a I think in time both Suzuki and Kakaniemi will be, you know, at, at minimum second-line centers in the NHL. Like, Suzuki's got real good offensive instincts. He's a good player, yeah. Kakaniemi's kind of in and out a bit for me at times, but he's been okay in the playoffs. Bigger body. Uh, Deneau wins face-offs, gives you puck possession against opposition's good players. He can check. Uh, you'd like a little bit more offense in the regular season than what they saw this. That's going to be an intriguing one. Uh, by the way, well, Mark, go ahead. Wow. Sorry. But what we're seeing, though, Bob, it's weird. I think you just hit on the perfect example of what's going on with playoff hockey. All year long, we marvel at Kotkaniemi and Suzuki and go, man, good players, skill, look at all the things they do, and Deneau just plays. And then in the playoffs, Deneau is the guy that becomes so important, and he's winning draws and playing defensively. And then you look at the Kotkaniemi's and Suzuki's and go, Oh man, they're they're hard to play in their own zone, and you can't put them up for a defensive faceoff. And the game changes, right? It swings towards, as we said to start the show, it swings away from Suzuki and towards Deno. And maybe that's a, you just hit on sort of, you know, maybe that's a problem for hockey. Is that fair? Absolutely. It's one eighteen mark. Think about their best defenseman in NHL history. I think we're going to have an animated conversation when we come back here in orders now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 121 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. James Myrtle from The Athletic coming up on a TO at 135 today. Quick text on our Ashley Five Floors text line carpet guy. Andy says, Bob, sad day for hockey. The league's top producer, McDavid. Goal scorer Matthews out of the playoffs. Hockey's not looking very exciting to me. In the playoffs, dump and chase, no penalties called, cheap hits. The league is going backwards in terms of supporting fast-skilled hockey. Full stop. That one comes to us from Andy. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And former defenseman Mark says, Bob, uh, get RNH signed. If he wants to be a part of this, he needs to take a discount. He hasn't performed and needs to be able to accept that reality. I get sick of the players just expecting a raise for time served. 5.5 for whatever term RNH sees fit. And another a winger that can play with McDavid. Yeah, if you can afford him under the cap. Otherwise, it's from within. The orders, says former defenseman Mark, are on the cusp. The season was yet another anomaly. Next year will be the tail of the tape. If the orders can't do it next year in the playoffs, then we have a problem. And yes, the Oilers will be making the playoffs next year. They'll probably finish second in the Pacific. That one comes to us from former defenseman Mark. All right. Uh, I, I've got Mark Spector on from the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Spec, the Oilers are slotted to be in a good position to make the playoffs next year in the Pacific with the three Cali teams uh, rebuilding and Seattle being an expansion team. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're... Uh... Listen, the, the thing Ken Holland said when he came in here is I got to get us in the playoffs every year. You got to get your swings. You got to learn from disappointments. You got to win around here and get disappointed. All those things you can't learn when you're on the outside looking in. So that's really the only success we've had here 
it's two years, you know, of two series. They've both been disappointments. But uh, certainly, Bob, next year there is, you know, if you thought this was a disappointment losing to Winnipeg, if this team doesn't make the playoffs next year, then then now we're talking blow up. Yeah. All right, Mark. <laughs> uh, Paul Coffey turned 60 today. Second 60. highest. Oh, second, my goodness. Yes, you're getting old. Second highest what scoring the? defenseman in NHL history. Uh, seven seasons with the Oilers, 209 goals, 669 points in 532 games, plus 275. He won three Stanley Cups. I think he was the second best defenseman in NHL history. Yep. Behind Bobby Orr. And Bobby I, Orr. And here's the thing. I did not see Pierre uh, Pilot, Pilot yeah, nor, Bob Har- or, or Doug Harvey. I did, Doug not Harvey, see, Paul Harvey. I did not see Doug Harvey. I, I, I'm led to believe he was right. very... But I didn't see those guys. But I saw Bobby Orr play. To me, he's on another level. I know Ray Bork won five Norrises and Paul only won three. Yep. All I know is that it, when, when Canada Cup happened, Paul Coffey was way better than Ray Bork in those tournaments. I actually think Ray Bork's a little bit overrated. Uh, people say Lidstrom's won six or I think Lidstrom's won, I think won seven. seven. Did he win he's, seven Norrises? Yeah. Bobby Orr won eight. Lidstrom won seven. Uh, Bork won five. Uh I still think Paul's the second greatest defenseman of all time. What about you? Well, here's my thing. Like, uh, as an Edmonton guy, and I saw Coffee more than any of those guys, Bobby Orr, you know what? Bobby Orr was done when we were pretty young, right? If I'm not mistaken. Bobby Orr didn't play in 72, and he was already on his way out to of of with his knee injuries, correct? What was yeah, his last so, season, Bob? Sure. So, you know what? In 72, I'm seven years old, and he's already slowed down. So, yeah, I saw some Bobby Orr, and he was my, frankly, I wore number four my whole life because of Bobby Orr in every sport. But I want to say that he's got to be your best defenseman in the history of the game. I think there's no, there's, you can't make an argument against it. But I also want to say that it can't just be about offense, and, and that's why I would take Nick, Nick Lidstrom uh, ahead of Paul Coffey. Because I think that, I mean, Paul Coffey's defense was he had the puck all the time. Talk about zone exit. He was a human zone exit, right? If he didn't nail, you know, zip a 60-foot pass right in your tape, he skated it out. Like, he was, you know, I'm not here to mitigate Paul Coffey. He was absolutely fantastic. But if we're talking best defenseman in hockey, I think we need to talk about how guys performed when they were defending. And I would say to you that Nick Lidstrom was a better defender than Paul Coffey. Uh, he was one of the most dominant players in the game and, you know, seven Norris trophies. I mean, that speaks for itself. So, listen, we're splitting hairs here big time. I'll, I'll give you Bobby Orr Lindstrom coffee. How about that? Hey, Mark, it's an entirely rational and, uh, you know, logical perspective to come from and, and reinforces more of the Iserman moment 14 years in when he's got the second-best defenseman in your opinion of all time playing on his team. But I'm just having fun with you. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but you think Coffee's better than Bork? That's that's always been one I for me. I think so. I mean, he also had a much better team around him. So, you know, if you put those guys in, in – opposite teams and one remember one of them played for glenn sather who was the king of if you're paul coffee you wanted to play for glenn sather right yeah he was absolutely uh you know he, he wanted his defenseman to do to play the game the way coffee played it and he put up sure they had their running battles yeah <laughs> i remember one time forgot a second the journal went out and took a 
pictures. Remember the time they went out took pictures of the Edmonton Oilers went on a, to a shooting range? Yeah. And they all had rifles in their hands, and we took all these pictures. And then about six months later or whatever, Coffee and Safe are having a war of words in the public. So we cut two pictures of each of them with guns, and we pointed the, the guns at each other and ran it on our sports front under the heading of battling again, Sather and Coffee. It was one of the best days in newspaper history in this town, but uh, Coffee and Sather were perfect for each other, and if you put Coffee playing for, you know, playing in Boston at that time, and Bork here, you know, Bork didn't skate as well, but he probably would have had a lot more points, Bobby. No question. Great stuff, Mark. Thanks for being on today. We'll hook up on Friday if you're available. All right. Thanks for having me. For the horses and horse racing, Alberta Mark Spector, live racing back Century Mile, Friday and Sunday evening. No fan access, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time, 6.15. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Now open for takeout orders. Full details at jbedmonton.ca. The orders now prospect report brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. A legacy of excellence. Make your new dream home or custom renovation a reality, visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Hey, as a result of Toronto losing last night, that means one of the teams that Edmonton would have uh, had to have drafted after, either Winnipeg or Montreal, is going to go in the Final Four. Winners move up a slot in the draft. Could be picking as high as 18. There uh, we go. It is 128 off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell, when we come back from The Athletic in Toronto, James Myrtle. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.